Welcome back to Chop for Time. Pastor Ben here. I am sitting with Sean and Thomas, who just sneezed absolutely without any noise whatsoever. <laughs> so it's a little concerning to me. But Devin is here also, and I'm going to try to keep a train of thought going because we're going to talk about my message from yesterday, the person of the Holy Spirit. All right, so just to make sure the back of his head is still intact, I'm going to ask Thomas if he would to pray for us. Sure, my eyes are watering a little bit. I was like, I kind of sneezed into the microphone, but I was like, I thought I, thought I did a good job. You did. Fantastic, man. I mean, I mean, you were rolling in the floor trying to keep it suppressed, but no noise whatsoever. Yeah, let's 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 pray. Uh, Father, thank you for another opportunity to get together, discuss your word, and discuss Ben's message. Lord, we pray that this is a fruitful time and that those listening um, find something in here that you uh, use to push them more towards you. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, you know, good to be back with everybody once again. Get to chop up the message. Oh, I'm sorry I didn't do the chop. You missed the chop, brother. You know, we're going to get you an axe. Um, also, hey, if you guys haven't subscribed or liked the video, please hit that subscribe button. Please hit that like button. That'll just get it out to more people and we'll just notify you sooner. Um, so we're looking at the Holy Spirit. Exciting. You know, like I said, sh- you shared a little bit yesterday. Some people are really scared of this types of messages. Are we going to start a church of speaking in tongues or something like that? But I really love what you're dwelling in. Just taking the Holy Spirit from the beginning to the end. And I'm going to let you recap on that. Could you give a recap before I do the Go for it, man. Go for it. Uh, I talked a lot yesterday. So, no, we primary scripture was John 14, 16 through 18, uh, talking, you know, Jesus talking about how I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Uh, So, we started talking about this the personhood of Holy Spirit. And there was two things that I gave up front. I said, we have to keep these in the forefront of our thoughts moving forward with every message that we do regarding Holy Spirit. Number one, Holy Spirit is a person. Mm. Holy Spirit is God. You know, it's it's not like this mystical, weird um, thing that we just, I mean, we don't understand him, but he is a person. It's not an it. It's not a thing. Mm. It's the person of the Holy Spirit. So, And we have to make sure we're keeping that in the forefront of our thought that Holy Spirit is God. Mm. God, the Holy Spirit. And secondly is that Holy Spirit illuminates for us. Uh, we're we're sitting here as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, because the Holy Spirit illuminated our sins to us, but also he illuminated the fact that we needed a Savior. Amen. Without that, without that illumination from Holy Spirit, salvation's not possible. Because that's we we can't arrive there in and of ourselves. Mm. And also we we talked about, you know, consuming God's word with the illumination and the inspiration of the author, Holy Spirit. Yes. Then we kind of I I wanted to give a little bit of a cover to cover history, so to speak, of Holy Spirit's involvement um, in in what this thing we call life and in, in, in our world. Um made the statement that the Holy Spirit, especially from cover to cover in the in the Bible, in our lives now, is really the most active and involved yes. uh, member of the Trinity 
that we see. Genesis 1, 1, 1, 2, we see where the, the Spirit, the capital S Spirit of God hovered above the waters. And we basically stopped there. We stopped in Exodus. We stopped in Ezekiel. We stopped a couple time in, times in Acts. We stopped in Romans. Then we wound up in Revelation yeah. just seeing this cover-to-cover -cover involvement and activity and involvement from Holy Spirit. Mm. We wrapped everything up yesterday with a challenge from 1 Corinthians six nineteen. It's like, don't you know, don't you realize, don't you understand that you are the temple of God's Holy Spirit, mm. that he dwells inside of you uh, and really took a deeper dive than what most of us typically take with that passage. Yes. Because most of the time we will quote that and uh, reference that when we're talking about things that are harmful to our physical body, uh, which, hey, there's... There's, there's a layer to that. There's a level to that. Um, but whenever we relegate that passage of Scripture to just meaning that, then we are not letting the weight of that passage truly bear down on us mm. that we are the intersecting point. Yes, We are the convergence of where heaven meets earth. Not because of who we are, but because of the fact that we have his presence dwelling inside of us. Yeah. Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Powerful stuff. I really love that word convergence. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we don't use that word, but that's an intersection point where, you know, heaven meets earth. And I just love that you really drove that in. To me, one of the things that stood out to me, and we'll go around, I'll start with myself, but we'll go around and do a kind of a, a important part that stood out for us yesterday. I really love that you said, if you're reading the Bible without the Holy Spirit, you're not reading the same Bible as me. You know, if you're still a jerk, you're not reading the same Bible as me. If, you know, if, 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 if you could read as much or memorize as much as the Bible as you want, if it's not transforming you by the power of the Holy Spirit, it's not, it's not the same word. And I just love that because, you know, you could be so knowledgeable, but Paul said, knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. It is the Spirit. And I think you're going to dwell on this in the future, the fruit that comes in there that transforms, that shows that truly you've been born again by the Spirit. Uh, let's go to Thomas. What do you think, Thomas, about what uh, stood out to you yesterday? <laughs> I kinda, yeah. There's a little inside <laughs> joke here going There's on. Yeah. The, the temptation. So uh, Sean shared his takeaway yesterday, and it was also one that I liked. So I was like, well, we'll see who he asks first. Uh, I'm going to go with something different. <laughs> Just, <laughs> That's stealing, man. Yeah. I, I love inside jokes. Yeah, um, someday to be a part of one. There you go. Um, so I, now, now that I've said that, I can't remember what the secondary <laughs> one that I had was going to be. Really stood out to me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it was what you were you were saying about like the the personhood of the of the. The, again, we call him frequently the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. um, which we would never do with Jesus. We would never say uh, the, the Jesus Christ. Yeah. Sometimes you know? it's grammatically correct sure. to say the yeah, Holy yeah, yeah. Spirit, but other times it's not so. Because he he is God and he is a person. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes we sort of make him this fluffy little thing, you know, that's that's not tangible. Um, and, and I really like that you sort of brought it back to like, this is a very active individual um, who is God, therefore omnipotent, omnipresent, all of those, all of those things and, and is very involved. Like this isn't, this isn't some, this isn't like oxygen in the air that just kind of floats by and you don't notice. Yep. Um, it's, it's much more involved than that. I got to use mine. Let's go. Yay. Um, I think just the idea of the going through the whole Bible and hitting, you know, 
it's in the Holy Spirit's in Genesis. It's in this passage and this passage all the way through. Um, that's what stood out to me because I think sometimes we do get caught up in that idea of, oh, Jesus went up to heaven. We got to get something out. You know, we got to get something to these guys, but it's not. It's been around. It's been dwelling around us, and it's been there with us. Um, and I think just the whole message in general is awesome because I think the Holy Spirit gets overlooked quite often because it's such a hard topic to talk mm-hmm. about. Um, but just the way you approached it and said it lives, it's dwelling, it's, and it should be a big part of our walk is just awesome. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to throw a little bit of a loop in here. I know we're, we have two passages we're going to still look at, but I am going to start with Acts chapter 5. I want you to turn over to Acts chapter 5 okay. because there's a passage here I think we just really need to look at. I'm sorry, brothers. Uh, we talk about passages. We go. So coming coming right off of Acts chapter 4, where the second shaking, second shaking of when the Holy Spirit arrived, First was on the day of Pentecost. Next was Acts chapter 4 after they had been released from prison. Yes. They went in the prayer meeting and said, hey, we need to pray for more boldness. Yes. For the thing we just got in trouble for. Right. The thing we just got arrested for. Jesus. Right. Right. Yes. We need to pray for more boldness to do that. Mm Mm-hmm. And it records again for the second time in the book of Acts where Holy Spirit shows up. Yes. And the whole place is shaken. So I just wanted to set that. No, context. I, yeah. I want to key in on the part because I really feel that when we talk about it or when we talk about those things, I want to, this passage has both the personhood and the deity of Christ back to back. You can't miss it. I mean, if you miss it, you've just missed scripture right there. And I know it's habit and I'm going to encourage everybody who's watching and listening to, we, we have to be careful with it. Yes. And it's. That's because right. that's that's taking the personhood away from Holy Spirit. It's him, and, and, and it's I mean it's a habit. Yeah, but we've got to be careful with that. Knowing now what we know, right? And this is gonna be, we're gonna have so much stuff to talk about. All of a sudden, all this stuff's flooding into my. Yeah. What can we talk about next week? But we'll uh, deal with that next week. But let's look at Acts chapter five, and I want to agree. So what happened here is people are giving, there's a community happening here, and people are giving, there's two people, Ananias and Sapphira, that get up and say, man, you know, we're going to look good in front of everybody too. We want to say, we're going to sell our property, and we're going to keep some of it back and then come and donate and so that we can really look good in front of people. And it was all about appearance to them. Mm-hmm. And so they're doing this, and what happens is one of them dies, and uh, so... <clears throat> Let's start, let's just read the passage. Pastor, would you read Acts chapter uh, 5, verses 1 through 11? Sure. But a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property, and with his wife's knowledge he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last. And great fear came upon all who heard it. The young men rose and wrapped him and carried him out and buried him. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yes, for so much. 
But Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. When the young men came in, they found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside of her husband. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard these things. Kind of scary stuff right there. <laughs> I mean, you know. But there's a couple passages in here that really kind of define, let's see if we can find it. What What did you see that really talks about the deity or that the Holy Spirit is indeed God? Okay, I actually went back to my Romans. What was the passage again? It's Acts yes. chapter 5. I'm sorry, you were. No, you have know the passage. It's Maybe. Acts De- chapter 5. Devin's gone rogue. <laughs> I did. We had old passages. We rogue. <laughs> but I just felt like when we talked about this, I was like, man, we really need to kind of key in on this. Yeah. Okay. Um, Acts chapter 5, what passages, and, and this is open for anybody, so what passage do you see that kind of brings together the deity or the godhood of the Holy Spirit, of Holy Spirit? I think just that three and four where it's talking, you know, you have lied to the Holy Spirit and kept yourself for the money you received from the land. And then you drop down to the end of four. You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. Um, Bingo. You know, it's just like, I know it says that the Holy Spirit in one and God in the other, but I think it goes hand in hand. You know, you're lying to the Trinity. You know, it's that, that's where I see it anyways, three and four. No, that's perfect. I think that's it. Thomas, you want to add into that? Yeah, well, so down in verse 9, uh, we have another, uh, basically the same thing about how could you conspire. This is when he's talking to Sapphira. Um, Sapphira, Sapphira, whatever, however you pronounce it. Uh, how could you conspire to test the Spirit of the Lord? Um, which you kind of have like, uh, you've got the Holy Spirit and then you've got God talked about and then you have the Spirit of the Lord, which almost throws you back into like Genesis 1, which mm. is like the Spirit of the Lord, mm. the Spirit of the Lord hovering over the water um, or the breath of the Lord or whatever yeah. you want to translate it. It's all all the same thing, you know, and, and it's kind of nice to just tie that together because again, in the Bible, we, we have no Bible verse that says, and then the Trinity <laughs> did this, you know, right. like because yes. that, that's not there, but it's consistent you know we, we can see jesus clearly described as yahweh himself as is the father and as is the spirit of the lord in three separate ways but all as one and it's i mean i don't understand it yes but um it's very clear that uh this is this spirit that they're talking about is god he has control over life and death you yes. know and when they grieve the the spirit in this way they died. <laughs> that's, that's very Old Testament, you know. Um, uh, but uh, I think it just shows that this is a very, the very power of, of God Himself. Right. And I like, you know, just to key in real quick, I'm, and then I'll turn it over to the pastor. You can't lie to a thing, mm. you can't lie to an it. Mm. You can only lie to a person. Mm-hmm. Those are your lies. You lie to people. Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? And then you have not lied to men, but to God. He clearly delineates that the Holy Spirit is indeed God right there. I mean, you can't get away from that passage. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person because you're testing the the, the, the testing also. You test people, right? You know, um, so important right there. Pastor? No, I just, I, I think that that's, that's great stuff. And just on a little side note here, but... Because, I mean, if, if Augustine couldn't figure out the Trinity, I don't think that, that really many, any of us are going to. But if you're curious, I mean, Ephesians 1, 3 through 14 really is one of the best sections 
of scripture to go to from a, a Trinitarian standpoint to see that evidenced okay. as Paul's writing that. Amen. So, Amen. and there's other passages we look at, and I oh, think yeah. one of the things you're going to talk about grieving the Holy Spirit this next week, and you don't grieve an it, you grieve a person. Yeah. You know, that's the only people that could be grieved. Okay, I'm sorry, I took a quick skip. We're going to go over to Romans chapter one. We're going to look at a you little bit. Romans. Uh, I mean, Romans chapter eight, uh, verse fifteen, and we're going to look at adoption. Now, you know, can you talk a little bit about adoption, uh, Pastor? I mean, just the, the foundation of a New Testament believers relationship with God is that uh, we've not been orphaned. We've not remained uh, abandoned. We're not set apart for something and then left there Mm. unattended, um, you know, lonely and with no one. That's that, that promise. And I I made the statement yesterday out of John 14, you know, 16 through 18, that I believe that's one of the most powerful yet um, unrecognized promises Mm -hmm. in scripture. When Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans, Amen. I will be there with you. Um, and, and that, you know, we, we look at what it means to be an orphan, and there's a lot of cultural differences in what it means to be an orphan now uh, as to what it meant in biblical times. Mm. Uh, neither one of them is good. You know, neither one of them is you know, really ideal. Uh, there, there's a lot more from a systematic approach, a lot more care, a lot more attention. While there still, in my opinion, needs to be more, uh, there's a lot more mechanisms now um, to help and take care and provide for orphans than what there were back then. But to have this this adoption for God himself mm. to look and say, you're my son, you're my daughter. Not just of, hey, I love you like a son, or I love you like a daughter. Like, you are my son. Mm. You are my daughter. And we saw yesterday, when we're, what we're going to see here in just a few minutes of Romans 8, is that it is through his spirit that that adoption takes place. Why don't you read that passage for yeah. us? Romans chapter 8, verses uh, 15. Yep. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order, we may also share in his glory. Mm. Powerful promise. Mm Mm-hmm. What a powerful, what stands out to you right there? Just that last verse, man, that now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If we indeed share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. I think just that idea that we can go from that orphan, you know, not a literal orphan, but spiritually orphaned to co-heirs and heirs of the son or heirs of God is just such a powerful thing, you know? Amen. Amen. Thomas, how about you, bro? Yeah, that that last that last phrase, uh, you know, I think I think we we all want Christianity to be you're adopted into a home where you're never gonna experience any suffering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, but that's not quite what we're promised <laughs> yet. We'll get we'll get there. And that's and that's great. Um, but you know, we're 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 told to you know, we're not just adopted into a family and then left to our own devices. We're adopted into the family of God and we're to experience 
the life of Jesus in a very real way. You know, we're to pick up our cross and follow him. And and it's it's a very active adoption, I feel like, might mm-hmm. be kind of the way that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it. Um, it's involved. It's not... Uh, um, it's not without effort in some capacity. Not that we earn our adoption, you know, like, you know, a child doesn't earn an adoption from a parent. The parent is the one that makes a decision to adopt the child. But, um, but in this, you know, we're, it's, I just like that it's a hand in hand thing that, um, that we're involved with Christ's suffering for, for an eternity without it, I think is a, is a beautiful thing. Amen. I, and to me, there's a couple of things that stand out a little bit earlier in this passage of Romans chapter eight. He said, "If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not here." So there, the Spirit is identified as the Spirit of Christ. So kind of back to that whole Godhood thing. And and you know, to me, one thing I learned as I was studying um, about adoption in the past was, you know, the Roman law was, and I love that Paul. I really believe that he had this in mind. You know, the Roman law was when somebody was adopted by a Roman citizen, that person. Person could never, ever, 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 let me say that one more time, ever be disowned. He was completely adopted and forever owned by that person. Never could say, hey, you're not my son or daughter anymore. That person, I just love that God's like, he said, man, I've called you my own. You're inscribed in my hand. That adoption process right there, so powerful. I believe Paul has it in mind. That's what God has done to us. He's called us his own. Yeah. yeah. We're good. How about yourself, Pastor? Um, I, I love the, the fact that there's really not an uh, indication to an, an application process. Seven-day, 14-day free trial. We'll have a test run period <laughs> yeah. kind of thing here. It's like it's the spirit that gives us and leads us into this adoption where we just, when it happens, we cry out, Abba, Father. Amen. Mm. What's that, Abba, Father? I mean, I'm... What it's just, is- it's that, that, that intimate, it's the Greek word that we would equate to dad mm. or daddy. Amen. And it's just, it's this intimate connection of, I am now his. Mm. It's its not legally, I am now his. Yes. It's, I'm his. Beloved. Yeah. Daddy. I yeah. love that word right there. Yeah. That's such a term of endearment. I mean, you, you don't, as you get older, you move away from that. My daughter says, can I call you dad? I'm like, Hmm. You know, but uh, just that daddy term when she says daddy, you know, I just love that because it's such a, hey, that's who I am to her right there. She loves me. And there's that term. Yes, she's mine. And, uh, you know, I just love that's what God says. He's your, your heart and we can call him daddy. Yeah. So um, great stuff. Uh, another passage, Galatians chapter four. Yep. Verse six. Yep. And because you are sons and daughters. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Spiritual orphans no more, man. No more. Sons, daughters, brought in. Amen. Um, I just like that it, the word because. You know, it's not, hey, you know, all of a sudden you deserve this, you this, but, you know, he talks about this thing in Galatians and he's dealing, this is who you are. This is who God made us. And this is why you received this spirit as a stamp, as a seal. When you talked about a little bit in Ephesians chapter one, I love that seal that God has put on us. And it's the spirit. The spirit seals us that we are his. We're belonging to him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thomas. Yes. Uh, 
I I really like the uh, that verse seven there after uh, the spirit who calls out Abba Father leads us into this next little thing. Uh, so you are no longer a slave, but God's child. Mm. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's just a, a beautiful thing. And it also reminds us that we are, we have two options. There's no, there's no in between. Mm. We're either a slave to sin or we're a child of God. Oh. And they're like, there's no alternative. Powerful. I think people really want to make all of these alternatives these yeah. days. Of like, well, no, I'm just I'm my own person, or you know, like all roads lead to the same thing. It's like, no, <laughs> like you got two choices. Um, you're going to be a slave to sin, or I mean, Paul calls himself a, a slave to Christ. Yes. And if you're going to be a slave to anyone, <laughs> you slave. Right. Be a slave to Christ. Right. You want to have the best, most loving, wonderful. Uh, leader and, and master possible because um, the other one's not great um <laughs> so first john 3 10 uh, i'm trying to see if i can find a good translation of this uh by this it is evident uh, who are the children of god and who are the children of the devil whoever does not practice righteousness is not of god nor is the one uh, who does not love his brother mm-hmm. uh, and again we're just given those two choices it's like are you a follower of the god of this world mm-hmm. or are you a follower of the god of the universe <laughs> you know it's 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 one or the other and there's no other choices um, and obviously nobody is righteous not one but jesus so it's all about him so and i love that uh, brings it to that place you know that it is the spirit of love you know you just you were talking about loving your brother because that's what jesus that's what the spirit does it's not you know it received as some weirdo spirit you know um, to, to curse your brothers and tear them down and hunt their you know false whatever it is you know it's a spirit of that you know that that's what god wants for us man the best in each of us um go ahead yeah um i think for me it's just, i love the parallel between the two passages you know it must be important if it's repeated twice amen you know um and like you said, Thomas, I love that verse seven, the you are no longer a slave, but a ch- God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. I think, you know, also verse six with the Abba father, like I was fortunate. I grew up with a great dad. And I think with that, it it's helped me understand how, how loving a father can be. Mm. And seeing that, seeing Abba father, we cry out it kind of gives me another way, uh, like an example, you know. Amen. Amen. Good. That's a great picture. It's good to have somebody that you can see positive qualities in, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. Pastor? Yeah, I, I just think that as as we're kind of the, the parallel of the scriptures here, as we just look, there's such a crying out for realization of identity here. Um, because we we really struggle with that, I think, no matter what level or area of um, our life that we're in, mm. is we we all fight this battle for identity of what you know, who am I really? Yeah. What am I really? What's taking place? What's going on in my life? And the more that we can refocus and center ourselves back on the fact of I I am a son, mm. I am a daughter of the king. I think Revelation describes us p- as pillars in the temple of God. Yes. It's like man when all of those thoughts that the enemy brings against us and attacking us and our identity, I mean just like I mean you 
I just kind of want to beat my chest a little bit whenever that, that I'm a I'm a pillar, mm. you know, in the temple of my God. And I, I think that that's just what this is really pushing us towards is that identity in Christ. Amen. That's powerful. I mean, I don't even. I think we should just end right there because, really, that's that's the yeah. key point. I mean, yeah. to me, we're going to do a takeaway from those verses, but I'm going to have to agree. You know, we're always searching for who I am. And I really feel that uh, we find that in Christ. Thank you for just, you know, pointing out, because sometimes I forget about that. I Mm -hmm. forget I'm searching for something. I'm looking for something. Even as a Christian, I'm, you know, I just need to come back. Man, I'm his and he's mine. Mm -hmm. You know, that's all that I am my beloved and he is mine. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, just need to remember that because that's where my strength comes from. That's where my purpose comes from. So that's what stands out to me. Thank you. Thank you again. Thomas. is this the takeaway? The, the takeaway okay. from what we just... Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, one of the things that was just has been going through my head is uh, kind of off the back of what you were just saying. So Romans 8 that we talked about earlier, um, it's got that bit at the start that everybody loves, you know, there's no longer condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then it sort of goes into this bit that always gave me a lot of anxiety because it says, uh, you know, basically the if you walk according to the flesh, you live of the flesh. If you walk according to the spirit, you're of the spirit. And I'm like, oh, I walk according to the flesh a lot, <laughs> you know. Uh, but then there's a verse in there um, that just makes a, a blunt statement. It's verse nine. You, however, are in the realm of, mm-hmm. uh, wait, no, that wasn't the one of the flesh. Mm-hmm. He later says uh, that you are in the spirit. And it's it's more of like a positional thing rather than a performance thing, Amen. Um, which I think is just a, a beautiful thing that even though I, I, act on my fleshly desires um the power of the spirit in me is far more powerful than my actions Mm. um you know back to Romans 6 it's not that i should go on sinning so that grace may abound even more of course not but um i am in the spirit and that's that's what matters well i think that that takes us back to the baptism of jesus whenever you know he was baptized the spirit descended and god said this is my beloved son, whom I am well pleased, mm. listen to him. This, the acceptance of Christ happened before the quote-unquote official ministry of Christ mm. began. So if we're looking at positional as opposed to performance-based, mm. there was nothing really from a ministry standpoint that we we know of that qualified Christ right. to have God say, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. So I, I love that. I'm glad you brought that up, that positional acceptance Amen. instead of performance acceptance. That's important. That powerful. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Sure. Yeah, that kind of almost reminds me. Of, it's like it's an unconditional love. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, we didn't do anything to deserve it, you know, um, but we got it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just to bounce back to what you're saying, um, I think there's a lot of things we can try to put our worth in. You know, for me, it was archery it was sports it was video games it was this and like um i think when we when we put our work we try to put our value in these things and they start you know well graduated high school sports aren't really in the question anymore you know um i that friend group you know i put a lot of what my self-value in that friend group not a good friend group and it fell apart and we put it we put our foundation in a sandy spot. Mm. Good reference there. I like that. Thank mm-hmm. you. But um, powerful. You know, when we have these spots that just aren't strong, yeah. you know, it can wash away and we have to find that rock. Yeah. 
which Amen. is Jesus. Amen. Foundation in God's word through God's spirit, transforming our lives is the best thing ever. You know, really it does. It just transforms you into who God wants you to be. And that's continuing process from glory to glory. Uh, we want to thank you for joining us. Um, if you have any comments or questions, please feel free to write those down and we will answer those. Um, if you need to contact us, you can reach us at FCCGrayson.com or just look us up online. Give us a call. If you don't have a home church, we encourage you, come on. We would love to have some fellowship with you and grow in the grace of Christ together. Uh, with that said, let us close out in prayer. Sean, would you close out? Yeah. Uh, dear Lord, thank you for just allowing us uh, to come in here and just talk about your word. Lord, I pray that um, this reaches people that needs to and that it uh, touches them as it needs to. Lord, I uh, thank you for all that you do for us. And it's here in your name we pray. Amen. <music>